Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, really appreciate it. This week, I'm interviewing Gary Sylvia. Now, this was a fascinating conversation. He is a priest, a reverend in the Dudist religion. Now, you listen to that and you're thinking, what the world is that? Dudist? Dudism? I feel like all I've ever heard that word is, you know, the dude in Big Lebowski. Now, if that's the case, then you're in for quite the treat because that's actually kind of what this religion is all based off of, the dude in the uh, the famous movie Big Lebowski. Um, if you've never heard of the movie, you have no idea what we're talking about. He's actually going to describe the movie in this interview. Quite the ride uh, we're going to go on. I'll be honest with you. When I first looked at booking him, I thought that this religion was going to be kind of something in jest and, and something that maybe um, was was there to kind of poke fun at, at other established religions. And what I found is that's not the case at all. Of course, you know, it's it's all based off of a, you know, kind of calm, zen, quote-unquote slacker mentality. That's what the dude was in, in The Big Lebowski. But there's a lot more to it. There's, you know levels of of buddhism and zen and doing good for others that uh, you know whether you're you're going to uh to convert to it or not i think that you're going to uh really enjoy hearing a little bit about um the religion and something that was created not that long ago um you know the great thing i think is that you're able to to practice some of these things and and still you know, be be whatever religion you are, or or, or not be any other religion at all. Um, I, I you know I, I booked him because I thought it was such an interesting thing, um, and what better person to talk with about this? He's actually very involved. He's not just you know a practitioner. He's actually the person who who mails out your packet when you become an ordained um, minister in the in the religion so he's he's involved kind of at the top levels on the website and and uh writing the books about it and and everything else i i think that you're really going to enjoy this conversation you know whether you're you're looking for for new guidance or whether you just want to hear about a you know honestly a a chill kind of laid-back philosophy i don't think uh whether you're whether you're something you're really interested or not, you're, there, there's very little about it that uh, you can really argue with. Is is much of uh, of anything bad? It's it's just kind of a a relaxed thing from from what I understand. I haven't dug super deep in, so maybe I could could be wrong, but I I don't think so. I really en- enjoyed speaking with Gary, and uh, here is Gary Sylvia. I'm here today with Gary Sylvia, Mr. Sylvia. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. If you would, just introduce yourself. Hi, I'm the Reverend Gary M. Sylvia, and thanks for having me on your show, Jackson. You're you're welcome. So we're going to talk, obviously, a lot about Dudism. You just said that you're a reverend, and it's in a 
a, you know, an organization, a church. I want to kind of get into what, what exactly it is. Um, because I don't think anyone, you, you say dudism, dudist, all this kind of stuff. They don't know what in the world is going on. So let's, let's start there. What is dudism, which is probably a, a huge, huge question. Okay. The quickest, simplest answer is it's a contemporary religion based off of the character Jeff Lebowski in the movie, the big Lebowski played by Jeff Bridges. Yeah. So based off of his attitude, which was noticed uh, not just by us, but also by uh, Zen master, Bernie Glassman, who wrote a book about it with Jeff Bridges, the Zen master and the dude. There's a Taoist sort of philosophy that operates under the skin of the dude. And that's what was picked up on and expanded on. Okay. Well, so what so is, go, go ahead. You're, you're, you're going to keep going on. You, you pause. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so it, in my book, I mentioned it's basically generally considered a, uh, a religion, a philosophy and a lifestyle hmm. and individuals mix all three of those elements together in their own proportions. Gotcha. So I want to know kind of, cause let's say people haven't seen that that movie they still don't know what we're talking about what's some guiding principles of this particular religion well if you're familiar with buddhism that's not too far off uh in western philosophy it would be akin to stoicism or epicureanism okay Uh, ethical hedonism is how i mostly describe it it's an ethically hedonistic philosophy i gotcha i gotcha and i want to know too because like we just talked about very briefly Buddhism, and I know that, you know, some people that are, you know, involved in that, I've talked to people who were Buddhist monks, and it, it's something that is, is almost a, uh, and, you know, obviously I, I don't know for sure, but it's kind of like a, a thought process where there's people that kind of prescribe to some of the teachings, but they're still part of other religions too. So I wonder with, when it comes to this particular thing, Buddhism, is it something where this is your religion? This is what people are, or is it, is it complementary to, to something else as well? Well, I, I actually made a video about this and we're a non theistic philosophy slash religion. Huh. So we don't have any metaphysical claims ourselves, but we don't also, we're not, I would describe it as non theistic instead of atheistic hmm. atheistic. It would be like, making a claim that there is no way that there's any such thing as a God or gods. So in a way we don't step on anyone's toes in either direction for our purposes, our philosophy, it just doesn't even really go into that concept. So that cuts down on any mutual exclusion it might have with other religions. You can't be multi-faith Buddhist, mm. you know? Mm. And what does that look? Obviously that's okay on your end. What does that look like with, other religions, because I've known people that are, you know, Buddhist, but then they're also another religion. It's actually the other religion that's like, mm, nah, you're, that's, right. that's not okay. <laughs> what? Yeah, you- it is like that. We, we, we don't have a problem, but yeah, sure. Some other religions may not dig our style that much. Mm-hmm. They may be a little bit hostile to some of our lifestyle choices and some of our point of view. Well, what I mean, I, I, I want to kind of give a, a accurate picture for people who are listening. I have no idea. You said that that people, you know, other religions don't necessarily like some of your life child style choices and point of views. What are some of those that maybe other religions don't uh, don't mesh well with? Oh, 
initially the non-theism we you know we don't claim there's a god so some people that's important to them yeah. and not fulfilling that for them might put us on the outs but generally we're actually fairly well liked huh? i mean there's a there's a roughly half a million in the u.s do this priest right now ordained and worldwide some countries have eh, very few <laughs> let's just say but you know i do send occasionally ordination packets to pakistan or afghanistan or any country like that certainly all the european countries germany is quite popular in i guess something about germany they really like our style well the if you're familiar with the movie you know there's three nihilists from germany who are the antagonists or part of the antagonist group so maybe that's the attraction but yeah our lifestyle is leans into hippie culture you know so if you're not into the whole take it easy vibe hippie culture yeah we might upset you you know uh we're so really associated with the slacker culture as well although i wouldn't describe us as like actually slackers it's just how we perceive things as a in Taoism, the term called wei wu where to it's an action within action you get more done by not doing anything sometimes or doing nothing while you're actually doing something it's, it's hard to explain it's a very zen concept uh we certainly get along very well with the zen community i've interacted with them on many occasions and i interviewed jeff bridges at a zen peace symposium a number of years ago i've interviewed his zen master and so we get along really well with the zen community i i have a small one around the corner and i visit them from time to time yeah yeah i want to i want to ask you more about that you know that jeff bridges interview here in a moment but i want to ask you first you, know, you just mentioned how you send out packets and stuff so you're obviously involved at a, a kind of an organizational level. I want to kind of know how you got involved in this to begin with and then how you, I guess, uh, are where you're at because you're the one sending the packets. So you must be heavily involved. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I tried to get this job and made it bigger than it was when I started. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as one does, went on a spiritual journey to find myself and my true inner philosophy. and. You know, at the time I was building a recycling company down in south, you know, southeastern Massachusetts, and it was pretty big and a lot of capitalism going on in my life. So I wanted to see what else is there. And one thing led to another, and I found dudism in my search for a philosophy that would answer the question, well, how do we exist in a modern society with the good things that religion can give for you community stru some structure some rituals things you could do to occupy your time in this absurd absurdist reality so i found dudism and really dug its style started communicating with oliver benjamin the man who founded it in 2005 and uh we stuck struck up a rapport i ended up meeting him at a lebowski fest in louisville Shout out to the Lebowski Fest community. They're wonderful. And uh, yeah, so I started talking to him and he was thinking of expanding what he already had going on because he was ordaining people for free and sending out little ordination kits and he wanted to add IDs. 
So I started making IDs for the church and that was enough to move into as a, yeah, as a full-time job while I did a few other things. My recycling company just got crushed in the 2008 crash and took about four more years to dial completely, but I was losing that. So I was looking for something new and wanted to pursue this. So then a couple of couple of years of doing IDs and I took over the rest of the duties. And now, yeah, we're uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. We were really busy. We were shipping about 40 to 60 ordination kits a day. And we do about 10,000 a year shipping at least of kits, individual items. And we've expanded to a few other things. And people really like our quality and how we treat them. And it's, it's really cool to have like your ordination uh, certificate hanging on your wall as a ordained Judas priest. And people dig that. Yeah. And so how is it recognized by municipalities? Do, do people as Judas priest marry others? Yeah, that's actually like our fundamental good works for society mm-hmm. is that we're a, a perfectly reasonable secular priest to bring in to do a wedding. If you're, you know, particularly, you know, in some places, I mean, early on, gay marriage, Judas Priest stepped up and took care of that. And yeah, it's that's one of the main reasons people become ordained. It's I've done weddings, Ollie's done weddings. There's Judas weddings happening probably at this rate, six or seven a month. Hmm. It's yeah, and that's one of our good works and one of the things we want to provide for society is that option. So what we can do to help. No, I think that's religious. Yeah, that's that's awesome for sure. And I wanted you to tell us exactly what uh, you're talking about. Lombowski Fest. And then also you, you mentioned a, another festival where you you interviewed Jeff Bridges. What exactly are these? Is it just people that get together that really enjoyed the movie? I think it's probably expanded much further than that. You, we just talked about the religion that came out of it. So talk a little bit about what those festivals are. Well, yeah, uh, the Coen brothers, whether intentionally or unintentionally, created a a cult classic that's going to endure for quite a while longer yet. Yeah, uh, like I said, we're not the only ones who notice something going on in that movie with that character. So Lebowski Fest, totally independent from us. Of course, we found each other and worked together once that happened, but they started having just they get a bowling alley and have a really big party. And like thousands of people would show up and they all over the country, there was Lebowski fests happening. They've dwindled down a little bit, but it seems to be a coming resurgence. We hope, you know, because they were really a lot of fun. You go and watch the movie together. It'd be like a Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of vibe, but mm-hmm. with the dude aesthetic, the bathrobe, the doing a J, having a beer, laughing with friends and bowling. So we're talking so much about kind of how this movie shaped what, uh, you know, uh, kind of a culture and then kind of a a religion, at least that one character. So I never like to assume that, you know, the listener knows much of anything. I have people from all over the world that probably have never even heard of this movie. Briefly, a brief summary. What is what exactly is the, the Big Lebowski? I'll try. Okay. <laughs> well, there's this uh, stoner, middle-aged stoner guy, kind of what most people would consider a slacker, who 
gets caught up in a mistaken identity caper that alludes to kidnappings and thugs and robberies and other problems. Basically, he's confused with a rich guy, and he's obviously not rich, but these two thugs come in to shake him down for some money. They pee on his rug. So he, his rug is ruined. And that rug really tied the room together is kind of a theme. So he tells his friends and his friend Walter, who's an aggressive person and based off of the director who directed Conan the Barbarian. He is like, they can't get away with that. You need to get your rug. Go see the rich guy. The rich guy owes you a rug because it's his wife that owes money that they peed on your rug for. So go to him, get your rug. He goes to try and get his rug. The rich guy insults him because it's the classic Reaganomics versus the hippie culture. You know, they, so they don't, that doesn't work. So he steals a rug from him, basically. Thugs, another set of thugs come get his rug. Uh, it, it's a long process based off of like a Noor detective drama from the 50s. It kind of has a Maltese Falcon undercurrent, but it's in the style of a stoner in LA and just it, the, what we picked up on and what a lot of others picked up on was he was doing fine. His life was good for him. He was happy. He was in a contentment and Zen place of abiding. But when he went to pursue his rug that was ruined, it's that materialism that led to all the problems that were caused by his search for his rug. So if he had learned to abide the rug being ruined and just moved on, he would have maintained his Zen. And that would have been perfect psychologically for him, but he didn't. And then by the end of the movie, he learned to find his Zen again. And this isn't explicit. It's just how it happens. And like I said, the Bernie Glassman, who is um, a Zen master who formed the Zen Peacemakers. Um, they've done amazing work. He also picked up on this, again, independently. So now you got three different avenues picking up on this, something in this movie and about this character that's really important. And we all know society needs this attitude a little bit more. Maybe not the whole society, but society needs Judas. It needs Zen masters. It needs surfer bums with wisdom, that sort of thing. And that's what we're saying. And you get three individual lines that find the same idea and chase after it. Mm. And we're one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I think that's, that's really awesome for sure. I think the, regardless of people kind of buying all of this, the, the message there is, is not, uh, not hard to, to follow or to understand at, at all. And I wonder too, because I've talked to a lot of different actors that have, have been in things that blow up and be, take a life of their own. Uh, I know that you interviewed Jeff Bridges. What does he think of all this? What do you think of the religion? What do you think of the festivals? Did I mean, it, it's hard probably to speak for him, but I'm sure he had no idea that just being in this movie would create everything that is created. Uh, he, he's into it. He really digs it. I mean, he's really involved with the Zen peacemakers. Um, he, he, his charity, no, no kid hungry and them work together all the time. And yeah, he does charity work for them and, uh, so, yeah, he's into it and he is a proto-Dudist. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you can under, if you get to know 
the man Jeff Bridges, you will know your basic run of the mill dudist. I mean, that's that's how he is. He it's, he was a perfect fit for that character, and it's not that we worship Jeff Bridges or anything. We we definitely don't. We dig his style, of course. We love the man. What are you going to do? But he's no prophet. He's no. There's no divine revelation. It just so happens that he also is a dudist. There's millions of them about, but yeah, and he's a he's a great guy. Uh, the Zen Peace Makers Symposium happened. Uh, I think it was 2015. And it was just a really cool thing. Got to see him and his band, but also there was discussions about how to move on and bring like the wisdom of the dude to the people. And they were doing it more through a Zen kind of melu and lens, but I was there representing dudism and it was pretty cool. We had a good time and hopefully built relationships and connections that'll continue on to prosper. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. That's really awesome. I don't want to ask you too. This, I guess this is the most pointed question, but I've asked it of people that I've had on that, you know, I've had somebody on to explain Hasidic Judaism. I've had people on that basically created a religion in the Philippines and became the prophet. Like I've, I've had people on that's from all kinds of different religions. And I always like to ask definitely, you know, we just talked about it's based on a movie, kind of what it all is about. Now that we know a little bit about what it is, um, you know, I guess the most pointed question is why should people look at this and take it seriously? Well, I mean, it has a really grounded and really honestly ancient philosophy that hasn't been proven wrong yet. I mean, this we're following after 2,500 years of tradition from Lao Tzu, Epicurus, uh, Epicetus, all the Stoics. I mean, these are fundamentally well thought out philosophies for life you know it's an absurdist philosophy i mean it once you get to a point where you, you see the existentialism in taoism and at least the uncorrupted first draft before it got all metaphysical and weird with ghosts and stuff whatever but once you once you look at taoism or even epicureanism as ethical systems and lifestyle systems i mean epicurus created the first um communes and they were hugely popular all around the mediterranean about 2500 years ago um they still many of them still exist today we call them monasteries that was the lifestyle epicurus was promoting and if you look at the monasteries and take away the religious aspect you see a community working together i mean the monasteries obviously went religious and separated the sexes but originally you know he didn't say long marriages were a good idea but that's a different issue but so you have a lifestyle understanding that is calming and helps you i mean it doesn't matter what you do i mean how maintaining a zen attitude nobody says is a bad thing mindfulness is a good thing every i mean no one's going to disagree so it's based on that other than that if you think all of that is cool but you also think wearing a bathrobe to a party is cool and you also think having a beer is cool <laughs> you know join us that's what we're doing we have our own rituals that aren't serious but they are serious enough to i mean there's a, a lot of ways you could take it once you get inside you know some people lean into like really wearing the bathrobe the sweater and the whole you know i like 
the beard. I love the sweater, you know, but, you know, you get people like that. And then you get people more on the cerebral side, maintaining, you know, a higher level of do to Zen than, than they did before. And that's their thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it, it could be described as humanism in a bathrobe, mm-hmm. uh, secular Buddhism with a white Russian, uh, you know, it's, it's just a very chill, easygoing lifestyle that when practiced, generally people are content. Not it's an not an anti-materialistic thing, but it's a, a beware of over-materialism thing. Like mm-hmm. our understanding is that overachievers have done more harm to the world than good. You know, mm-hmm. Hitler was one of those really big overachievers. I mean, he went out, tried to get it all materialist materialism at a, at its grossest. You know, so sometimes it's better to do nothing, and that's mm-hmm. an old concept and. Still holds true. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, that's that's the most extreme example that you could possibly give. But I, I understand what you're saying there. I want to know, too, because it sounds like when I, I, I've looked at the website, I've watched some of your videos. And I think where some of these, you know, religions with different thought processes, and we already talked about how, you know, it's based on 2000 years of, of uh, you know, philosophy. I think where some of these religions, I guess, have issues is when they are making the news because they're almost trying to be created to challenge, you know, the, the traditional religions. And from what I've gathered, I don't really feel like that's what you guys are doing at all. You're just doing, doing your own thing and you're not, you know, you're not suing Christianity to that kind of stuff. It didn't seem like that. No, I mean, we may like ingest, have a fun joke with someone, but yeah, no, we're not out here to tell anybody they're wrong. That's not our gig. You know, we certainly don't want to pick fights with people. We're pacifists, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, we're definitely not antagonistic towards them. You're talking about religions like the Flying Spaghetti Monster, Pasifarianism. You know, that was, yeah, that where they're pointedly trying to make a statement against organized religion. Whereas we're like just offering a different version of organized religion for the folks who don't fit into the other pass out there i mean they human beings kind of need a religious structure for some reason it's part of our evolution so we're offering a secular non-metaphysical non-theistic religious experience that isn't antagonistic against anything else it like you know say someone just did leave a church or something and they've changed their philosophy they, they had an epiphany of some sort but they want that community, you know, religion. We're a religion because we're a community of shared values, shared rituals, shared um, experiences, and a shared founding myth. We have our founding myth is right there. You can print it on Netflix or something. So, but we're there to provide that community. And that's really one of the best things about Buddhism. The like, some of the pages on Facebook are just amazing. The quality of people and the support they offer each other and how kind and generous they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons I I'm proud to you know do what I can to help Judaism flourish because Judas are just so wonderful people. I mean, such wonderful people. 
Yeah, no, the, the community aspect is a, a huge thing. I think everyone is looking for a community they fit into. So I'm glad that you, that you provide that for, for those who are, are searching. Uh, I do want to ask you to, you've talked about some of the, the rituals. I don't know whether that just means drinking beer and, and wearing the bathrobe, um, but talk about what it means. Let's say somebody's joining, what it means to be a, a good dudist. Is it, is it, is there meditation to it? Is it just these bathrobes? Like what, what makes a good dudist? Uh, well, we have the concept of, of abiding. It's really hard to pin down. And really, it's just about taking it easy. Being slow. Zen is a lot, and Judaism is a lot about making the highs a little less high and the lows a little less low. Just trying to get everything to a gentle, you know, up and down oscillation to life to experience life without it grinding you to bits and to be a good dudist, you try and achieve that. And then you try and help others achieve it. Mm. I suppose we don't really have a good grading system. Mm. I suppose it's like the old quote about obscenity. You know it when you see it, but you just can't really describe it. Mm. So, you know, a good dudist when you see one, they're chilling, they're helping people, and they can have intense conversations about complicated subjects without getting riled up too much. And when they do, they'll write themselves and go, ah, you know what? Screw it. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, I, that's, that's interesting for sure. I want to, to now kind of move on to your, to your book. I know you've written a book kind of about this topic. What are people finding if they crack this book open? Uh, yeah, it's the incomplete Dudist priest handbook. I, I wrote it originally to, as a, I started it because we started doing weddings. I mean, dudists were doing weddings all over the place and I wanted to help them figure out how to do it just right. You know, as far as the legality and all this. So it started there, but then I was like, okay, that's a pamphlet. And so I added a part about the philosophy of dudism and I take the reader through a short journey, you know, in an easy colloquial way explaining the philosophy of Judaism and its history. And then I move into a section about ceremonies. And I mean, I offer up how to, you know, scripts for how to perform weddings, all the steps you need to follow to be legal. You know, in most places, the laws vary everywhere. And so there's other advice about getting the specifics for your area. And then even I offer up some ideas for other ceremonies that Dudas may perform, be asked to perform as time goes on. And some of them may be more or less fun, you know, christenings, which doesn't have anything to do. The term christening doesn't actually refer to Christianity. So anyone can use it, you know, legitimately without causing any real offense to anybody. So there could be Judas christenings. They just have a different flavor now. So it's that. And then I like I took uh, another section of the book to just lay out some general life skills that anyone, anyone out there might need, like how to avoid being eaten by a bear. I mean, that's very important. <laughs> how to dig a latrine in case, you know, the Pope needs to shit in the woods. So, you know. You know, how to get pee out, pee stains out of your rug is the first one and the most important one. Because if you could do that at home, 
You don't have to go out and be accosted by thugs, uh, run over by <laughs> nihilists, or um, threatened by fascist sheriffs. So if just just clean the rug yourself. People who understand will chuckle. <laughs> right. No, I, I I mean based on your explanation of the movie earlier. I mean, obviously that makes that makes sense. So I mean the. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound like the it, it's not it's a little bit in jest. It should, that book shouldn't be taken like super serious. Like, at least I hope you don't. You're not taking it in a serious. No, manner. God, no. I mean, I, I'm <laughs> certainly no prophet like you would catch it in some movie waving my arms around, like trying to tell people I'm part in water or something. No, it's it's a fun book, but it's meant to be helpful. It's meant to it, it you know, it has three basic parts. How what dudism is how to practice due to ceremonies, like how people get hitched and then some life skills that are explained and then kind of examined through a dudist understanding, like what's the importance of not getting eaten by a bear or what's, you know, why should you go find a D and D game? You know, things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not a super serious book, but those topics are, I mean, rugs are no, or, and uh, stains are no laughing manners, matter. No. So hopefully, uh, if, it's if accurate picks information. It up, are, they, are they truly going to be able to get these stains out? Is yes. it truly going to help you get? Oh, I spent. I spent <laughs> yeah, I spent that getting eaten by avoiding getting eaten by the bear took me the longest because I spent about two months researching it. I mean, I had some experience. I've been around a bit, you know. I've I've lived in cabins that people were killed by bears, and so mm. it's you know I had some experience. But yes, I I definitely lay out the best according to the experts ways to avoid being eaten by a bear and it, it, it depends it, on the bear that's what i was about to say is it true because i've heard that like it's I, I may get this wrong but like brown bears you want to run black or, or grizzly bears you want to like play dead and then polar bears you just want to kiss your ass goodbye is that all true that that you, uh, i think you might yeah brown bears you fight back Grizzly bears, you play dead. Okay. Polar bears, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Can you say that on yours? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Polar bears don't play. So Yeah, it's the one place I, as a dude, have said, yeah, this may be a case where and a gun might be useful. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, I just said stay away because, yeah, I can't tell you how not to be eaten by a polar bear. No one can. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Well, how can people, you know, learn more about the the religion is it by picking up this book. I'm sure there's resources online too, but kind of plug those. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. On uh, Amazon, you can find my book, the incomplete Dudas priest handbook. Uh, I'm sure if you search the term Dudism, you'll find Oliver Benjamin's books, or you can visit us at dudism.com. Find our library page there. Um, you can check out dudism.com is many pages deep. With fun things to do while you're there, you can make prayer signs and all sorts of fun little games, or copy some memes to take with you to use on your own, or even become ordained as a Dudist priest. There's close to a million of us worldwide mm. at this point. Uh, we're literally in just about every country on the planet right now. Uh, not so much Russia or China, but okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah. You can find us on Facebook, certainly. Dudism. Uh, there's about a half dozen real quality dudist, 
Dudist pages for groups and others on Facebook. Um, you should also check out anything Lebowski Fest. Certainly watch the movie The Big Lebowski. That that that's that could be a life changing event and very low key life changing. Not not exciting. Just you just go, huh? You might have changed your life just watching it. You don't know. It happened to many people. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Come on out and find us. Do this love new people. We like to hang out and have a few laughs. We don't mind arguing. I mean, if you've seen the movie, you'll know Walter and the dude who are best friends argue like crazy. They couldn't be more apart politically or philosophically, but that's how the world is built. And that's another reason we're around is to show that you can be friends with a Walter, even if you're a dude. Mm. Yeah, well, that's in today's world. That is extremely, extremely important. So I I like that a lot. Is that the best way? Is that all your connection points too? I always like to let people plug themselves too. Is that how people are going to be able to best connect Uh, with you? Yeah, I'm also known as the limber mind, no spaces.com. So think of a limber mind. If you've seen the movie, you'll understand and you'll probably find me. But yeah, the incomplete Dudas Priest handbook. Get that. Definitely help you out. You won't get eaten by bears. Not a guarantee. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I really appreciate your time. Hey, it was nice meeting you, man. You'd be well. So that was Gary Sylvia. Awesome guy. Enjoyed speaking with him. All the links to his book and the website for the Dudist religion is going to be in the uh, show notes. Urge you to check that out. Um, you know, religion's an, a funny thing, and it's definitely not uh, something that uh, I'm taking lightly here. So I, I I urge you to check out just more about Gary. Whether you're interested in in any of the Dudist stuff, that's that's completely up to you. Um, I like I, I said in the beginning, and like we talked about, it, it's definitely a kind of a calm pacifist type thing so it's definitely not uh anything to uh i I guess get uh get offended or get upset with because that's that's not what it's all about so if it's something you're into cool if it's not uh that's cool too i think gary would agree with that um if nothing else check out check out the movie you know it it inspired a lot of, of things whether it's the lebowski fest whether it's this religion so it's got to be an interesting movie so do that if you would. Uh, if this is the first time listening, please do uh, go follow us on Instagram and on um, Facebook. Not in Huff Podcast. Not in Huff with Jackson Huff. Um, the first one's Instagram. Second one's Facebook. Go leave a five star review on on Spotify on Apple. Really appreciate that. Leave a written review on Apple. Even more amazing. But if you do nothing else, join us next week. Go check out some previous interviews. Interviewed so many amazing people and so many amazing people to come. But uh, thanks, Gary. Thanks for for the listeners to be here. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think. Or, hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.